So what's good, man? How you been? Man, I'm, I'm blessed, man. All is well, man. Feeling good. You know, started off the new year real, real nice. Just got a certification on my job. Okay. Uh, number three. Um, and um, passed the test, man. I'm just like on cloud nine still right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Really can't complain. You know, wife is good. Kids good. Church is good. You know, parents good. Family in general overall is yeah. good. You know, blessed, man. That's what's up. Hey, man. How you, man? You know, about pretty much the same thing, you know, um, just just uh, building to the next level, basically, right, right now, man, you know. Um, right now, I'm just, I just celebrated one year um, being married, you know, to my beautiful wife, and um, so I'm happy about that, you know what I'm saying? Congrats, bro. Been able to, you know, move forward with my life, you know, doing some things, um, and so right now, um, just really just maintaining, you know, working on building this podcast to the next level. Really. Right, right, right. You know, you probably won't believe this, but you know I've been doing this for 10 years now. now I believe you. Yeah. I remember how I first, how we first met, bro. We was at a, at some church function and it was kind of one of those things like you had, um, you kind of like excuse me from the room for a minute because like. You had like ten other artists that you wouldn't, you know, you was normally dealing with. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, man, that dude's serious about his craft, man. He's serious about dealing with these artists. He's serious about, you know, his ministry and all of those things. At that time, when I first met you, I was just kind of like taken aback by it. I was like, man, me and him gonna end up being cool at some point. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I knew it. And like, you know, ever since that time, I've seen, you know, so several people that know you. You dig what I'm saying? And I'm familiar with what you do. And I'm like, man, so I've heard a lot of good stuff about you over the years, bro. And it's no coincidence that me and you became as cool as we became, you know, with the kids and all of that stuff. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm shocked. Trust me. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> now, you reminded me of something. But I'm kind of like trying to think. Like, I'm, I'm trying to remember where that was and when it that was happened. It was at some church function. It was, I think I was with Rock the Truth at the time. Yeah, and I, I remember I met you with Malik with them, yeah. them, You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And it was like, I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was 2011 or 2012. Okay. Around that time. Because I, I signed with them around like 2010. Okay. Like, it was April of 2010, as a matter of fact. And it was shortly after that, I was with Russ and I was with Malik. And we was all at this one function, and you like really wanted to, because we had just met that day, so you didn't really know okay, who I was. Yeah. You were like, who is this dude? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you know, I had a really good time that day. You know what I'm saying? And I remember that day like it was yesterday. I just the details are still kind of fuzzy, but you know, I know who I was with, and I remember meeting you that day. And you were so serious about your craft, bro. You were serious about the music. Yeah. You were serious about your ministry. You were serious about your program. And I was just like, wow, man, it's the first time I really understood what dudes are really going through. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get this music and this ministry stuff off the ground. Yeah. Like I, That was my first like real taste of you know, jumping in and seeing, you know, face to face mm -hmm. what people are doing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that part I remember and it still sticks with me to this day. You know what I'm saying? Wow man. That actually makes me feel good that 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 stands out in yeah, your mind. Man. Absolutely. And you know the thing about it is, you know, I it's always I don't know if you ever seen this before, but I I've noticed that when something significant happens in somebody's life, a lot of times they remember it but the you person do. that helped to make it happen, they don't, they don't remember, remember like that. And so it's kind of interesting how you can tell me about that. And I was thinking about a moment 
And I'm not sure if this is what you're talking about, but I was thinking about a moment where I remember when I was trying to get all these artists together. And I was like, listen, man, I need y'all to be serious about this mm -hmm. because y'all need to know that if if you're going to be doing this and it's going to be what you want to do for for whatever, full time or whatever, people need to be able to take you seriously. Yeah. And if you're not being taken seriously, then you're not going to really be going nowhere because people are going to be looking at you like you a joke. So here's my thing. My thing was, you know, like specifically setting up order and and um, trying to make sure that the program ran a certain way. I wanted certain things to happen at a certain time. And I was trying to get artists to be there on time. Yeah. And what was frustrating me, I remember, now that you're bringing it up, yeah. I was frustrated <laughs> about artists being late. And I was like, listen, man, I need you here on time. This is the time I said I need you to be here. And we're all doing this together to make an impact. But if you come in here willy-nilly and late and everything, act like you can just show up whenever you want to, that's a problem. And then that caused me to not even have certain people come back. Because I was like, listen, man, I mean, if you just want to act like you got it like that, you can just go wherever you want, what time you want to show up, then you go somewhere else with that. Because I'm not yeah. going to have that at my event. Right. And that's why I feel, to a degree... My event stood out from any other ones that were out at the time. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, I won't go too deep into that because I'm not trying to, you know, put anything out there like that. <laughs> but I'm just no, going to say that I know people keep asking me to this day, when are you going to do it again? You know what I'm saying? So if I keep getting that question, there was something special about that. You yeah. know so come on man like you was you was one of the first people that i met that was doing it on a regular basis i'm not saying that it wasn't other people out there that was doing it because i know yeah. that there were you know um coming across some people and traveling or whatever but as far as this area is concerned it wasn't really a whole lot of people that was inviting the holy hip-hoppers on a consistent basis and making it a serious event where people can actually come and praise and worship and mm -hmm. it means something yeah. you know what I'm saying they get the word of God at the end and mm -hmm. they get the chance to go to the altar and like really give their life to Christ and yeah. then get uh, uh, um then get um what's the word before then get discipled afterwards mm -hmm. you dig what I'm saying yeah. like that was one of the first situations where I seen it like okay this is real you know what I'm saying? Joe was not taking this for a game. You yeah. feel me? Like, that was the first situation. Yeah. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So, I just, man, hey, salute to you, brother. Because, like, those those times and meeting people, like, you really made an impact on my, um, my, my walk as a Christian hip-hop artist. Because, truth be told, like, my, my only um, experiences up until that time had been just listening to other artists. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Going on. Uh, buying CDs and getting stuff from one of my big brothers who, you know, was ended up being a mentor to me. Um, and that was pretty much the extent of my experience until I met y'all, until I met Malik and Russ and, you know, all of those guys. Like, it really hadn't been too much. Mm -hmm. Of course, I had been to church and, you know, I was kind of in and out of certain churches or whatever the case may be because I was still learning and still growing. But as far as, like, seeing it face-to-face -face in person, mm -hmm. that was one of the first experiences where I could actually say, okay, these dudes are serious. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. in reality. So, so um, like, I'm going to treat this interview like it's the first one, okay? Because right. <laughs> the only reason why I say that is because even though I know I interviewed you before, I kind of, I've evolved since then like as person. well, you know, the way that I do things and all that. So, um 
I always like to start out where with people where people started. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I want you to you know kind of like um, briefly talk about what was life like growing up, and I, I really want you to get into. I want you to get into some of the gritty gritty stuff like because see I need this is what I like about my podcast I like to get into stuff to show people where someone came from and where they came to how Christ can bring you out of garbage and bring you into the kingdom and you won't even be able to tell that that person used to be who they used to be and that's what I like about the podcast because people can see hey I could transform just like he did if he came from that came to this and if that happened, then I can do the same thing. So, um, yeah, so tell us about, I know you're from Washington, D.C., right. the capital of the United States. So right. tell us about growing up there. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Oh, okay. <laughs> you I ain't even even <laughs> Uh-oh, we got the prophetic coming. You know what I'm saying? You see the, you see the condos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Capitol, okay, you know that's what's up, man. I like that. Yeah, thank you. My daughter actually bought this for me for Christmas. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, man, Washington D.C. Born and raised, uptown kid. You know, um, big family. Um, what can I say, man? Uh, father wasn't really there for the most part. He was kind of in and out of jail most of my life up until that. You know, up until I became an adult. And um, you know, we we were we were cool. You know, I didn't have a beef with my dad or like some of some of the guys that I know. You know, growing up, they didn't really fool with their dad like that, but. Him not being there kind of put us in a precarious situation most of the time, you know. Um, mom struggling, you know, trying to make ends meet, going back and forth to school, trying to get a job and, you know, doing several jobs at a time. And, you know, it just kind of made us, you know, really, really go hard at whatever we wanted to do because we kind of had a lot of free time at points. And then being in a big family, which the majority of my family, you know, with the exception of my grandmother, one aunt and my mom, was pretty much on drugs and you seeing, you know, the <clears throat> trafficking of drugs all the time, you know, people using drugs and the smell of drugs in the house and, you know, all of those things like, you you know, women that come over couldn't keep the, couldn't sit their pocketbook down or, you yeah. know what I'm saying, you couldn't leave your bike on the front porch because, yeah. you know, your own family would steal it from you, you know, going, you know, anything you had, you couldn't, you had to hold on to it real, real tight. So that kind of like became part of who I was at that time, you know, just trying to protect every little thing that I can get my hands on and mm. just being like, you know, nobody going to take nothing from me, you know, that kind of mentality. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, seeing your own family fight each other and, you know, just violence. And it, I mean, you name it, I've been through it. You know, I'm not saying that I had the, the worst family in the world, but it was it was a bunch of people in the house all the time. Always something going on, always drama, always um you know, just detriment to your own personal livelihood at a lot of different terms. Mm -hmm. And growing up in that, you know, you really don't know that it's, that's, that that's abnormal until you come out of it. Yeah. And so, you know, my mom moved us up out of there when I was like 13. And um, life changed, of course. You know, it wasn't as much drama in the house, but then we had drama outside the house because we, you know, the neighborhoods that we lived in at certain points weren't the best, you know, mm -hmm. shootouts and, you know, drug dealing hadn't changed. None of that stuff changed. You know, you're talking in the 90s, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Uh -huh. mid, to, mid to late 90s, early 90s, late 80s, like I saw all of that during that time. And <clears throat> it just made us really, really, it made us really just 
when we finally did move out, we didn't want to move out because mm. we didn't know no better. Yeah. But once we did move out and we saw the difference, we saw the change in our atmosphere, how things were better. You couldn't, you could, you could leave your money on the table, mm. and it will be there when you come yeah. back. You know mm. what I'm saying? Um, you, you, mm. you know, our bikes didn't get stolen, even though we were still in a bad neighborhood. We could, you know, we had other friends and we met new people, and life changed drastically from being, you know, constantly having to watch over your shoulder to okay, it's a little bit of peace of mind. Maybe it was time for us to leave, and maybe mm. now things can be a little better. And they did get better, but the mentality of <clears throat> I'm gonna protect mine. At all costs never really left and even to this day i still carry some of that with me because of what i saw when i was a kid and how you know if you was beefing against my family you had a problem like it was gonna get real and you know i grew up in that like you know it was an eye for an eye if you take from me i'm gonna take from you you know and <clears throat> whatever whatever level that you was trying to take it to we was probably gonna take it way past that and it just got, you know, it was just grimy, man. Like, my whole lifestyle growing up as a child was just about griminess. You know, people not treating mm -hmm. each other right. And this is just, we, I ain't even had to leave the house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't had too many problems in the street. You know, street fights here and there, da 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 da, -da. You get into it with a couple of jokers, you know what I'm saying? You a kid. You gonna fight. You gonna fight at school. You gonna have little scuffles and little things of that nature, disagreements. And, you know, you gonna bicker with guys in the neighborhood, you know. But yeah. for, the most, for the most part, when I was outside, I had more fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I was chilling. I had a great time and made friends and all of that. But when I got home, it was a different ball game. I had to watch my back in the house. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, you grow up in that, man. It, it makes you paranoid. It makes you like, uh, you know, it makes you just wonder if if this is really reality. And then when we got out of it finally again, it made me realize how abnormal that was. Like, mm -hmm. this is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then my mom was always the voice of reason, like, nah, this ain't for us. This ain't how I want to live my life. This is not, you know, this is not my thing. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not into drugs. I don't do drugs. She don't even barely even drink, like, for real. So, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, <clears throat> she always set the tone for we could be whatever we wanted to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We could do whatever we wanted to do. It was just our environment that was teaching us the opposite. Like, mm -hmm. you got 20 people telling you, <clears throat> oh, you can't do something or you should be doing something negative. Mm -hmm. And then you got one person telling you just to do the positive all the time. Yeah. Who you going to believe? Yeah. You know, you got 20, 30 people telling you, oh, you ain't get you no trim yet. Or, you know, you ain't got you no girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you can go out here and, and sell these drugs. Or, you you know, you we, you need to go get that pistol right now. These jokers said something to your sister. Or, you know, this dude said something to, to me. You know, one of my cousins would say, hey, man, you need to go talk to him because he getting smart with me. And, you know, you already know what time it is, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go through those, <clears throat> you go through those situational uh, pieces in your life and, you, and you, you become stronger, of course, you know, because you can't be a weak person. Of course. And, yeah. you know, live in that type of environment. Yeah. You know, it's either you're going to become a victim or you're going to start fighting. Mm. You know, so I chose to fight a yeah. lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I chose to fight. So, you know, when I finally came out of all of those situations and I finally did, you know, start to see the light is when um, I started playing music. Mm -hmm. And this is back in eighth grade. So we talking maybe like 95, mm. 90, mm. around 94, 95, around that time. Yeah. And... um. One of the homies that was in class with me, who coincidentally ended up being my Congo player, was like, yeah, we about to put a band together. And you know what I'm saying? You be rapping all the time, beating on the table. Because at the time, I was rapping. Mm. 
And uh, he said, why don't you, uh, you know, come hang out with us, man, and, and, you know, come to this practice. I was like, all right, I'll go. And so I did. And, you know, I started rapping for a go-go band. And um, over time, that kind of became like a thing. You know, I was there for a couple of years with this band and uh, we were doing shows. And, you know, I had kind of changed a few things in my life. You know, I wasn't in the street as much because I always had some some place to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I was either at a rehearsal or practice or, you know, something. And um, <clears throat> then we would have shows sporadically here and there. We would do events and stuff like that. And so that kind of like became my little home away from home, you know, yeah. to to get my mind off of what's going on. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And thank God we was already out of that situation with my, my bigger family. But, you know, the streets were still kind of calling. You know, my friends still hung out in the streets. And so pretty much if I wasn't at home, I was in the street. Yeah. If I wasn't at rehearsal, I was in the street. If I wasn't at school, I was in the street. So, you you know, you, you do street stuff. It is mm-hmm. Everybody knows the street code. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You do stuff in the street. It is what it is. But the music was something that was always something that uh, never left me. Like, I couldn't, even when I tried to escape and stop doing music, it was always, why are you not doing music no more? You know you was good at music. How come you're not doing music? Well, what's up with the music? You know what I'm saying? What's going on with the music? Like, why are you not doing music? Like, And it was just like, man, I don't want to do music. I want to do business. I want to own something. I want to, you know, I'm trying to change my life around. And uh, I went to college briefly. During that time, I was still playing in the go-go band, but I stopped rapping, and I picked up the drums, and um, and then I met someone at school who coincidentally now is my wife, mm-hmm. and uh, I had we we she got pregnant, and I had a son on the way, and so from that point, I ended up dropping out of school, and um, I got a job, and um, cause I knew that I had to be a father, you know, and I never wanted my son to grow up without his father like yeah. I did. And so, you know, that was something that I was determined that I was never going to let happen. Even if me and my wife, you know, decided to separate or divorce or break up or whatever, you know, during that time, um, I would never leave him. You know what I'm saying? I always felt like I wanted to be the dad that I never had to my kids. You know what I'm saying? And so I had my son and that was the journey. And at a a certain point, I was still doing the go-go thing. I had transitioned from doing secular quote-unquote go-go to doing gospel go-go because I had met a couple of homies that I kind of came up with in the go-go scene and they had switched over to gospel. So now I got to <laughs> ask you about that because it okay. ain't like you just switched from one to the other. So nah. were you just not a Christian yet and you just decided you want to rap with them or what? What happened with that? Okay, so my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, was a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's, you know, she grew up kind of, sort of going to church, but always had a um, a thing about her and God. You know, she believed mm-hmm. in God on her own as a child. She prayed every night on her own as a child, and you know that was something that always stuck with her. And she always used to tell me, "We need to go to church. We need to go to church. We need to go to church." And I'd be like, "Man, what's up with you? Always trying to take us to church?" Like, and my mom at the time was kind of doing the same mm-hmm. thing. And I was just like, man, look, I'm out here. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I ain't going to nobody's church. These pastors don't know nothing about me. I don't know nothing about them, and I don't really care about none of that. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, my mom's pastor would, like, talk sideways to me, talk crazy to me, and try to tell me what I need to do. I'm like, Get, what's my name? Yeah. Tell me what my name is. Like, you don't even know me. 
You feel me? Like, yeah. you coming at me all these different kind of ways because what you might have heard, but you ain't even get a chance to know me yet. So why are you coming at me saying anything? Ask me what my name is. Ask me how I'm doing. Ask me how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. About whatever You know what I'm saying You might hear I'm out here Doing certain things But at the end of the day Get to know me first I'm I'm, I'm available Yeah But because you coming at me sideways I'm gonna give you What you give me Period It is what it is So You know Long story short You know I started going to church But It was only after <clears throat> I started Playing with the Go-Go band Which uh, Shout out to Ten Commandments band Cause I, I ended up Kicking The drums for them and before I actually did that, I went to this gospel go-go because of this one guy that was like, yo, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that with the gospel thing. I was like, all right, cool. So I went. And man, like, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised to see that the music was still the same. The mm-hmm. crank was still there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And <laughs> the only thing different was the message and the vibe was different. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was it was amazing to me. Like, how is these dudes playing go-go? Because my perspective of go-go is they freaking in the club, wilding out, (laughs) high, drunk. (coughs) It's party time, stars, you know what I'm saying? Half-naked women. You leaving the club with something on your arm, you know what I'm saying? Or you bringing something to the club or you linking up with something after the club. You know what I'm saying? My whole mindset was not... What I saw, it was the complete opposite. It was peaceful. Yeah. wasn't no fights going on. It wasn't no shooting after the club. It wasn't no, you know, dudes grinding up on females, females grinding up on dudes. It was people actually really, truthfully praising God in my sight. I'm like, what in the world is this? I've never seen this before. And it touched me in a way that I never felt. But even in going to a regular go-go, and I had... I mean, love going to the go-go. I had so much fun growing up in the go-go since I was 13. And so now I'm like almost 20 years old, maybe mm-hmm. 20, 21 around that time. I'm like, yo, this is different. Mm-hmm. And we talking around like 2002. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm far, you know, I'm getting older now. I got a son on the way. This, you know, actually my son was born in 2000, 2002. So all this stuff happening around the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got a son. I dropped out of school, tried to get a job and. Now I'm working and trying to be on my own and moved out the house and I got a, you know, baby moms now and all this crazy stuff, right? All this stuff happening at once. And I remember <clears throat> when I saw all of that, it touched me in a way and I was like, man, this is crazy, man. And I and I I felt like I needed something. I needed to change. I, I needed something new in my life. And I ended up getting saved that night. I gave my life to Christ that night. Because of what I saw and because mm. I saw people that look like me praising God, which I've seen before, but not in this setting. Yeah. This setting I was familiar yeah. with. Uh-huh. I grew up in this setting right here. Yeah. But they were doing something different. They were praising God in reality, not mm. like the fake joint. Oh, we yeah. falling out. And uh, you know, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing all of this in church. I didn't see none of that. I mean, they might have been beating their feet or whatever they was doing uh. back then. But it wasn't the same vibe. It was like, okay, we really love this. We're not mm-hmm. just doing this to show off. Yeah. It was a passion behind it. It yeah. was a purpose behind it. It wasn't like we love what we're doing for God mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And that touched me, man. I was like, man, I really need to change my life, man. And I, you know, I got saved that night. But after that night, I was still the same person. Mm-hmm. Still had the same issues. Still had the same flaws. Still was going through the same struggles. Nothing else really changed in my life. You know what I'm saying? Me and my my wife or baby moms at the time, we was going through our drama and. You know, all types of craziness. My son was born, you know, and she was dealing with postpartum depression. And it was a lot, man. It was heavy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was drinking heavy and, 
getting drunk all the time and partying all the time, leaving her, you know, in the house by herself with the baby and like, you know, all types of just hanging out with my homies and just, you know, running reckless, man, always had a show to be at or, you know, something always was going on. And so, you know, I went through a lot of drama during that phase. And long story short, man, I know I kind of went on for a good tangent, but, you know, I ended up meeting a, a brother at my job. And he was a Christian, older guy, like, but from the same areas that I grew up in, you know, mm -hmm. from the city, went through some of the same struggles that I went through. He was also a Christian, though, right? And so me, him, and a bunch of other dudes was at work and just chopping it up on a regular basis, talking about life, you know, man time stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just kicking it and, and just rapping and just, you know, having a good time, even though we was at work. And he started telling us about God and his his trials and struggles and where he came from and all of the stuff that he had been through and how, you know, what led him to be a believer. And he ended up telling us he was a prophetic evangelist. So uh -huh. you're a Christian that you get seasoned, you get some information, you know what the evangelist does. Uh -huh. Evangelists go out and they preach the gospel and he has a prophetic gift to go along with it. So this dude doing stuff like reading our mail uh -huh. in front of us like, oh, the Lord told me. XYZ about you and he showed me but he wasn't doing it that way he, yeah. would, he would tell us like just in regular plain conversation uh -huh. like oh yeah did you ever think about and it'd be a question like man where you get that from who told you that <laughs> like who told you that like how do you know that yeah. and it'd be it wasn't spooky it was just weird you dig what I'm saying and it's yeah. like hold up man how you even and over time we began you know cause I came in that joint gung ho super strong headed like I ain't going for nothing from nobody in this joint. So me and him clashed and bumped heads a few times uh -huh. to the point where we was about to rumble a couple times in that joint. And me and a couple of other dudes had to take it to the back hallway or in the locker room a few times and just be like, look, stop playing with me, bro. Yeah. Like, you don't know who you're talking to. Like, I'm not the one for none of that. Like, yeah. that was my mentality back then. So he saw all of that. He knew what it was because he recognized the symptoms because he had the same symptoms. But he never judged me. He never... Looked at me different. He was like, young and you just need to chill out. One of them type, mm -hmm. you just got calm, you know, chill. Just calm down. It's like, it'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? It ain't yeah. that deep. And I just be like, man, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about, you know, whatever. None, none of y'all jokers in here talking about. You know what I'm saying? That was just my mentality. Mm -hmm. But over time, you know, he kind of broke the wall down. You know, he just showed me so much love. And I was just like, man, what's up with this dude? Why this dude care so much? <laughs> like what's up with like this dude gay or something like what's, what's up you know what I'm saying like what's, what's yeah. popping like I never really understood cause I never had no no real dudes yeah. like take me up under their wing and really show me genuine love without yeah. it being something you know what I'm saying uh -huh. they trying to get your money yeah. or they trying to they coming at you from an angle they want something yeah. you dig know what I'm saying I don't know funny stuff but just on some like you know, you're in the street, you do street stuff yeah. you, gonna, you know, people gonna try to use you in certain type of ways so you know, that's what I was used to growing up and that came full circle because now I see a dude that looked like me. He from some of the certain, like not the same hoods or nothing, but he from the same city I'm from. Grew up in some of the same circumstances that I've been in, but he different. Mm -hmm. Something different about this dude. And after a while, it was just like, nah, he just genuinely got love for you. Mm -hmm. Like he, he like a big brother, like the dad I always wanted. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like one of them type of deals. It was just like, man, that's crazy. And so he started teaching me about God. Mind you, I already got saved a year or two before that. Yeah. And so when I came into that situation, it was just like, <clears throat> it really made me 
start to buckle down and take my faith seriously because now I have a real live example of what a man of God is supposed to look like in theory. Yeah. Christ-like. Laying hands on people, filling with the Holy Ghost. Like I experienced that at work, at a job. Wow. In the feed room, matter of fact, where we keep the animal feed <laughs> yeah. at. All right? That was my testimony. Dude, and the dude used to be in a go-go band. Love boxing like I love boxing. Like, like I said, a lot of the stuff that he did and was into, I had love for because my uncles used to box. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, they would teach me little stuff and how to yeah. throw my hands. But at the end of the day, I never took a boxing class a day in my life. But mm -hmm. I always loved boxing. So me and him would talk about how to throw punches and how to twist it and how to, you know, maneuver certain things and, you know, defense, da 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 da. But it just came into. Uh, a, a family type of situation Something that I always wanted growing up And so I started taking what I learned from him home to my family mm. It was like man where you getting this from Like you starting to get different Alright okay yeah, you know, My <laughs> wife was liking it She you know, she started saying there was a change in me My family started saying there was a change in me And then one day <clears throat> He introduced me to uh, Christian hip hop because that's what he was listening to. He wasn't listening to, you know, the regular stuff that I was yeah. listening to. Scarface, Tupac, Biggie Smalls, Nas, yeah. Spice One, MC8, uh -huh. Snoop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like all the, all the gangster rappers. That's all uh -huh. I was listening to. And he was like, nah, check this out. So he put me on with Lecrae. He put me on to The Truth. He put me on to a bunch of different artists. Uh, who was it? A couple of, uh, uh, what is it? Um, not R&B. Uh, what is Rhythm it and Praise. Red, R&P. Yeah yeah, 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 Rhythm and Praise, a couple of those guys. Um, and I started listening to it like, man, this sound all right, okay? You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because anything Christian I heard up until that point was either worship music, praise oh, music, or... or music. Yeah. <laughs> or, but if it was hip-hop, it yeah. was trash, bro. Yeah, I know, right? Trash. I was like, mm -hmm. what the heck is this crap you got playing? And man, if you don't turn this crap yeah. off, man, talking about some Jesus, man, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I... It, it came to a point where it was like, okay, I can actually listen to this. This ain't that bad. You know what I'm saying? It's actually saying something positive. It's about God because now I'm getting, I got saved. I'm getting into the, you know, church now. I'm going to church. I'm really into the word now. I'm, I'm reading the word for myself. I'm studying for myself. I'm understanding how to read the word, the hermeneutics and all of that, mm -hmm. you know, breaking the word down. And, you know, then the prophetic gift came because I got filled with the Holy Spirit and, God started revealing things mm -hmm. to me that I never seen before. I started having all of these crazy dreams, and they were so vivid. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? After I got filled with the Holy Ghost, man, it was just crazy, bro. All this stuff happening at the same time. And um, while wow, I think back, because it, it, it was a lot of bad stuff that happened around that time, too. I ain't going to get into too much of that, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, things have changed, yeah. but... You know, let's just say I had to forgive some people for some things, you know, that had happened during that time that were really, really bad. And it made me, because I'm saved at the time, mm -hmm. but I'm still out here like, it could still go down at any time. And it yeah. did go down a few times, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, I had to lay my hands on a couple of people just to let them know, like, you know, stop playing. You playing with my family stuff, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of thing. And like. You know, going to grab the gun and being like, you know, let me go handle this business. But thank God, he stopped me from actually going through with it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I got it on me now. And I'm out here looking for whoever I'm looking for. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? The ops, as they say, or whatever. And it's just like, God would shut it down. And it'd be like, man, God, like, why you let it happen to me? Or why you let you it happen let to my people? About it. And then you don't let me handle that. Handle it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The way I know how to handle it. And it's just like, Nah, son. 
I got that. That situation ain't vengeance's mind, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, you know, a lot of those situations got rectified in way different ways. You know, they got dealt with because I, you just don't know how God is going to deal with people. But he, mm-hmm. you know there's always grace and mercy there when mm-hmm. you're dealing with God. So, you gave us a good background and, and brought us up to the point where now you're really starting to get exposed to some nice Christian music that you yeah. like to hear. So, I know that um, before before I get into my next question, I'm just going to tell you something that I'm pretty... I, I know I've told you this many times before, but I'm going to say it for the record <laughs> so that it's on recording. Okay. <laughs> you are one of the best Christian hip-hop artists that wow. I've heard anywhere. Wow, man. And definitely out of D.C., Wow. I'm just, just putting it out there like that, you know. There's for only sure, a few bro. artists. I, I have to be real about this, man. There's only a few artists in um, in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area that I would say they have the kind of flow, the kind of uh, stage presence, certain other things that they can go international. Wow. You are one of those people. Wow, I appreciate it. And you, that's one of the reasons why, you know, just being real with you, it's been a little frustrating to me to not see you be like that already. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, yeah. yo, where's, when is he gonna, <laughs> come on, man. Like, and you know, I'm gonna tell you like this, man. I believe there's a couple reasons for it, but probably one of the reasons is because God knew there were certain things he just needed to work out Amen. first before that happened. You know, and we have to always trust that process with God, knowing that there are certain things he has to deal with with us before we go out there. Because, first of all, it's all about our relationship with him. Facts. And then after that, everything else can fall into place. So my whole thing was, you know, I've, I've watched you since I met you. And I remember, I don't remember exactly how I first went, like when I first heard you rap. But it was not too long after I met you because I remember when you and I met um, and I knew who you were affiliated with and stuff like that, then I was immediately, you were on my radar. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, but I need to hear what he's talking about. Because you know me. (laughs) I don't just be, just because I know of somebody or whatever, that don't mean I'm going to want them to be playing their music around me or whatever. I'm not even going to front. So (laughs) I was just like, Okay, well, let me see what this guy is about, though. Right. And let me see what his music sounds like. And then when I finally heard you, I was blown away, man. And I was just like, yo. Like, in my mind, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, we got, this is one of them dudes that's going to blow up in the DMV (laughs) area. Right. You know, there was a few people that I had on my radar like that. And um, so... Just because I don't want anybody to get mad that might hear this, I'm not gonna say all the names. I'm because I'm I'm interviewing you, so I'll <laughs> tell about you. Right. But I'm not gonna say everybody who I was thinking about. But there were people from Baltimore and DC that were really repping, and I was like, oh my goodness, these people they're gonna blow if they keep it up. They're going to blow. Right. And so you were one of those people, and I remember um, when you came out with. Heaven's um, Heaven's Fire, and um, when I heard that one thing, 
And I, I'm not even gonna pretend I know how to say what, how you said it, but you were like, <laughs> and I was like, yo, how did he do it that fast? I was like, yo, he is the fastest rhyming person that I've heard in a long time. Like you up wow. there and your speed, it was like like Twister or whoever else was doing it fast back then. Right, right. And I was just like, yo. I, I never, I've never been that kind of person that could talk fast like that. Right, never. Right, right, right. And I was amazed by how fast <laughs> you did that rhyme, man. I was like, oh, and, and that was just one of those ones that put, you know, just really made you stand out to me. Then I'm gonna tell you, man. There's a song you did, um, called uh, fi- no, no, no. Fine. Wait a minute. Hey, I want to say. Um, Endless. Yeah. Yes. Endless, boy. Woo. Endless love. or No, no you just called it endless. Your, yeah, your yeah, love is endless. endless, right? Yeah. Man, yo, I'm going to tell you what. When that really, now, I, when I first heard it, I was just like, yo, this is, that was, to me, the first worship hip-hop song I ever heard. Amen. The first one that I heard. Amen. And I was like, finally, somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I've been waiting for that because I was like, I know it's going to come out because the Lord is just, he's preparing some people to do it. But I'm just like, right now, it was like, we were going through a phase in Christian hip hop where it was almost like more of a gangster type feel, yeah, quote unquote, yeah. like a spiritual gangster. Like, they want to show the world that we hard too, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, I but I was just like, too. yeah, but I was just <laughs> like, yo, let me, let me, I, I know somebody's gonna come out with something where it's gonna be Christian hip hop worship. Yeah. And when you did that song, that was the first one I heard like that. Hmm. And then, but I'm gonna tell you the moment when it really hit me. And I was just like, Yo, he better keep doing some stuff like this. And it was when we were at Area 51. And um, and I don't know what church that was, but it, it was some church that um, I haven't been to since then. I don't, think, I don't think they had an event there again that I went to. But anyway, that night you did it, and I was just like, like I was caught up, yo. Wow. And I was just kind of like paying attention to people around and just kind of observing the atmosphere, man. And I was just like, this is the kind of me, this is the quality, the kind of lyrics, the kind of presentation, all of that. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. Amen, bro. <clears throat> and excuse me. And the thing is for me, <clears throat> and this, you know, this goes out to anybody who's out there that's an artist listening because there are, to me, too many people, and I'm going to speak mainly for the the DMV area. I'm going to speak about that mainly, but I know it happens in other places because I've heard other artists. And as I'm sure you already know, I know about so many artists around the country. And I just kind of like listen to a song because typically, I'm not saying every time, but typically a, a little snippet of one song would tell me everything I need to know about that artist. Mm-hmm. It's because if they don't know about quality, it's going to show in their music. Absolutely. If they don't know about lyrical, how they put their lyrics together, it's going to show in that little bit of snippet of the music. You know, I'm just saying. If So for anybody who's an artist out here, I'm not talking about singers necessarily because most of the time singers, 
they don't have to have any kind of slick wordplay. Right. It's the rappers who have to put rhymes together in right. an ill way that's really like presenting the message in a way where it's like you get captivated. Yeah. I've always been that kind of person. So anyway, my point is that for artists that are out here, if you are Christian hip hop artists, if that's what you claim to be, if that's what you desire to be, I'm going to tell you from the perspective of somebody who's been in music since I was nine years old, so it's been most of my life. I've been in any kind of band you can think of that's, you know, that is some kind of a training ground. Jazz, symphonic, orchestra type, marching band, you know, all these kinds. I know music. Yeah. It ain't no kind of music that I can hear and I don't know if something's off. And so my point is that if you as an artist are out there and you're listening, and if there's something about you that you feel like your stuff is good, first of all, if you're not letting anybody listen to it other than yourself, just stop. Stop right there. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you're already messing up just because you're going to be the only one to listen to it before you released it. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many artists that I've heard their music, and I'm like, they must not have had anybody tell them the truth about what that sounded like. Because I would have never let that get out. You know, and I'm just sorry to say, but a lot of artists are doing that. And I'm going to say to the DMV area especially, um, a lot of you out here are not doing a quality job with your music. You're putting out stuff that is not mastered correctly. You're putting out stuff that's not mixed. It's not, it's not, um, the music is just whack. Just going to tell you straight up. And y'all might get invited to some little church that doesn't know any better. And they just want to say, God bless your heart and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, if you want to go beyond just the little church, the corner store, church, whatever, that, that says bless your heart, that type of thing. And they just want you to be able to do what you do. I'm telling you, you're not going anywhere beyond that. If you do not have your stuff together at quality presentation everybody that the bible said was used in their capacity for the temple they said it was skilled and had wisdom that's right that's right you don't get to do what you do for the lord without skill and wisdom i'm telling you right now that's why you only hear certain types of artists that are quote unquote making it okay Facts. if you can't say that you can put your music in the same category as these people that you hear on the radio or whatever, then you need to do something different. I'm not saying don't do music. I'm saying you need to change the quality of your music. Right. I'm saying that you need to reevaluate what you're doing because the Lord is into quality. That's right. He's into order. He's into you know, skill and wisdom and all that kind of stuff. So those things will show in what you're doing. And I know that might be kind of a little bit of a rabbit trail so to speak but that's for those people that's really trying to do some quality stuff out here and in all honesty you will see doors open for you more when that comes into play that's the bottom line so getting back to you my man um when i saw those kind of things about you those are things that were showing me okay yeah this i don't know when it's going to happen but it's going to happen as long as he doesn't give up as long as he continues on the path, as long as he's open to the Spirit to show him what steps to make, mm -hmm. it's going to happen. 
And now more than ever, it's so much easier than it used to be. Facts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, man, anyway, I'm not even going to go too far into that. I'm just going to say that um, I just wanted to give you that encouragement, man. And on the record, I wanted to tell people to fly, by the way. Um, and I, I want to get into how you got that name, too, <laughs> by the way. Right. So, so to fly, y'all need to look out for him. Wherever he's got his music, look him up. T-O-O-P-H-L-I-Y. That's to fly. Okay? Now, how did you get that name? Same guy, man. The same guy that was like Big Bruh. You know, he just started calling me that one day. Like, I was like, random. It was super random. Like, to fly, what's up? Like, man, what's up, what's up bro? And I didn't really pay it no mind mm -hmm. at first. I was like, all right. Like, hold up, man. Why you keep calling me to fly? He's like, man, I don't know, man. Like, every time I see you, you just look thorough. Like, everything you do is, like, super thorough. And I thought that was fly. So I just started calling you to fly. I was just <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, it didn't register at the time. Like, at the time that he said it to me, I wasn't thinking about rapping. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't even didn't even want to be a rapper. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And one day, you know, after, you know, getting back, kind of like going back to the story, one day, you know, I listened to a bunch of stuff with that he gave me, and I was listening to the music now, and, you know, I was changing my life around, and, you know, things were different, and, you know, I started getting a different attitude about everything. One day, I got challenged at work by one of my coworkers, a young, young guy close to my age, maybe a little younger than me. He was like, man, you don't want no problems with these bars type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, know, you, can't, I, like, you don't want to see me with the, with the rap game, bro. Da, 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 da. He didn't realize, like, I grew up rapping. Like, uh -huh. all of my homies either play an instrument, sing, or rap, or uh -huh. do something in music. So I'm yeah. like, hold up, Slim. Like, you got me messed up. I will uh -huh. rap you under the table with this joint. You don't want no problem. You don't want no smoke with these bars. Slim, like, you tripping. Uh, He's like, man, whatever, see me with the bar, let's go then, let's go. I was like, all right, man, I like, all right, so I just started spitting or whatever. And uh, he said, matter of fact, he said his little rhyme first, he did his little bars or whatever, and it was like, all right, whatever, all right. So I went on ahead and did my little bars, my little freestyle or whatever. And I was like, just spitting some random, like, I'm from Uptown D.C., represent on two streets, Uptown Southeast, Baby Moms on Third Street, or something like that. It was just some random, it rhymed, and it had flow, and it made sense, and it yeah. was just off the top of the head. And everybody in the joint was like, oh, he killed you, son. He killed you, Joe. Like, and my man was like, hey, young, I ain't know you could rap like that for real. I was like, yeah, man, I do a little something, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can rap. He was like. Man, that's crazy. You should do something. I was like, nah, man, I ain't think about it. I ain't no rapper, bro. Like, I could do it, but, you know, it's more like for fun. Like, all my homies rap. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my brother, Chuck Book, man, who's actually a, a battle rapper. Uh, Gates of the Garden. He's one of the gatekeepers um, for Gates in the Garden. If any of y'all follow battle rap or whatever, um, you know, I grew up with him. You know, if you look up Chuck Book, you you would understand where, where I'm coming from. Like, I'm not a battle rapper by far. Not, I'm not that dude. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like, I grew up around some guys that really do this. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And we was, you know, we was little hood dudes running around acting crazy and just sitting at the bus stop. You know what I'm saying? Breaking down freestyles. My man Con Lokester, shout out to Con Lokester. My man Don P, you know, a bunch of my man Bone. Dion, Egg Rock, you know, it's a bunch of dudes. None of us go by our real name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just being around them dudes, man, just made you, you know, kind of buckle down and get serious about your craft. If you Even if you was just playing with it at the time, you know, you just had to do it. Because that was the thing to do, you know. And 
he pulled me, you know, back to the store, you know, he pulled me to the side one day, man, like, yeah, man, you should do something. Like, nah, man, I ain't trying to do that. I'm trying to, you know, I changed my life, cut my dreads off because I had dreads like a couple of uh -huh. times. Okay. And so I started doing business, you know what I'm saying? It was like 2007 or whatever, like around that time. So one day, went to holler at my man book. He had his own studio at the time. I had borrowed some equipment. I was like, yeah, man, I'm trying to. Trying to write a couple of songs or whatever. He knew I was getting saved, changing my life around, so he knew what time it was. I was like, yeah. So I went over his house, wrote it. I had wrote some bars at work or whatever. I was like, let me see how that's going to work out. Wrote a hook, and then I recorded like a song and a half. Mm -hmm. And mind you, them joints was trash, bro, but it rhymed. It sounded good because I believe what I'm saying. <laughs> I was, you know, conviction with passion. Like, I knew how to rap. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? But I didn't take it serious at all. It was just like, okay, I'm just doing this for fun. Recorded it. Recording was garbage. I was like on an old school Corel Pro program, like from way back in the day. Oh, sorry. We laughed. Um, so we uh we recorded it, took it to work, and it was uh basically they loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, my man was like, Yo, I ain't know you could rap like this. You wrote that? I was like, Yeah, and it was about God at the time. Yeah. This was my first time ever really writing a rhyme. My first rhyme I ever wrote, like completed a song with. Like went in the studio and recorded da 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 da, da was a Christian hip hop song. First rhyme ever. Wow. And um they loved it. He was like, Man, if you don't do something with this, man, I'm gonna bang you out. <laughs> like that. Like he was just like, You better do something with this, man, or we gonna have problems. Cause he was a believer at that time. He was like, You can be effective with this. And I agree. So Amen. now we let's bring it up to now. I already know I know some of the history mm -hmm. that led up to now mm -hmm. from two thousand nine ish. Yeah, or that's, whatever. That's exactly the time. Okay. That's exactly so the time. That's um uh I know some of the people that you used to run with yeah. and stuff like that. Now I know that the most recent thing was you had started your own label. Right. Right? So what's going on now with, with where where you feel that you stand right now with your music, getting it out there, um, the, the kind of attention you're attracting, that kind of thing. So right now, it's been kind of quiet on my end, truth be told. Um, that's because it goes back to what you said earlier about being prepared. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of struggles and trials and tribulations and asking myself the hard questions like, is this for you? Is this what you really, really want to do? Or is this because you feel like God wants you to do this? And it's it's actually both, mm. you know, as hard as it, because like you said something that was very key earlier when you was talking to the other artists that's trying to do this, like not just being Christian artists or whatever, just being an artist in general, you have to sacrifice yourself to be in this walk. Mm. I don't care if you're a Christian rapper or you're just a rapper or you're a singer or whatever you do, mm. I don't care if you play an instrument and you're trying to be professional at it, you got to put your 10,000 hours in just like the, the uh, any other person uh -huh. in this world that's yeah. trying to perfect their craft. You got to put the time in. You got to put the effort in. And you got to believe in yourself first before anybody believe in you. Mm -hmm. Period. Like, you got to have a belief. You got to, you know, like David said, I encourage myself. Mm -hmm. You got to have that mentality. And to be honest with you, bro, it's difficult to run a label and to be the head and to be an artist and to record and mix mm -hmm. and master your own stuff. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm, you know, had a studio, then I had to tear the studio down and trials and tribulations with family and friends and people dying and all, you know, kind of crazy stuff. And I'm not making no excuses. 
Nah, I'm it's the way it is. Say, I'm yeah. saying all of that to say you're going to have all of that stuff, whether you're successful or you're unsuccessful. So mm. you might as well just keep pushing and striving to be to, to be successful, right? Yeah. So now we had a phase where <clears throat> I got a single about to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, we about to pick up and and really push to get some radio um, some radio time. Um, working on trying to get a tour together. Um, it's a lot of stuff that's kind of in the making. Like you had, we had to kind of start from scratch and go back to the drawing board with a few things, because at the end of the day, you have to have the right people around you, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to have the right, <clears throat> you have to have the right mechanisms in place for success to be there, you know. Yeah. Um, consistency and opportunity breeds success. Right, mm-hmm. and so if there's no consistency and no opportunity, or if it's just one of the and, and the other one's not there, you kind of just kind of fishing for the most part. So now we at a place where there's consistency and opportunity. I got a whole album ready to go. Mm-hmm. Timing, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like now. Is more needed than ever as far as where Two Fly is concerned. Mm -hmm. Because now I have a greater responsibility. You know, it ain't just, oh, I got kids, oh, I got this, I got that. It's a greater responsibility to the kingdom. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So now it's like, okay, yeah, you did did those couple of mixtapes, yeah, you put out singles, yeah, you did all of these things, you done did all of these shows, South by Southwest, that means nothing. What are you doing right now to solidify your place in this kingdom? What are you doing right now to make sure that your legacy is being fulfilled? What are you doing right now that if you die today or tomorrow, what are you going to leave behind here? Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with it right now. It's about legacy. It's about being God's chosen. It's about doing what the Lord asked me to do. And truth be told again, it's a fight just to believe sometimes. So now it's like, you believe you know this. Even if you try to escape it, you can't escape it. So what you gonna do? You either gonna go kicking and screaming or you gonna go willingly. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going willingly. I got kicking and screaming, I done that. That never worked for me. Uh-huh. So let me just buckle down and just, you know what? I'm hundred percent. Let's let's go. Hundred and ten percent, hundred and fifty percent. I don't care what it what it look like. I don't care how hard it's gonna be. It's been hard up to this point. It's never been perfect. It's never gonna be perfect. Let's just go. Yeah. That's where I'm at with. Let's just go. So, um, I know that you're about to drop this this uh, single and you got a whole album and all that. Yeah. Once you drop that, what, where do you see God? Where do you see God prophetically taking you? What What are you? What's your vision for the future? Man, I see us going across the world, bro. I mean, like the gospel is going to get preached to all the four corners of the world before he come back. Mm-hmm. Our job is to be the vessels. So wherever he take me, if he take me to Zimbabwe, I'm going to Zimbabwe. If he take me to Iraq, Iran, Lord willing, safety, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But until then, I'm just pushing to do the day-to-day, like, once the single drop, campaign. I got to tell you something now that you brought up the Iraq or Iran. Yeah, let's talk um, about it. I was listening to, I think it was Leif Hetland. Okay. You ever heard of him? Name sounds familiar. Okay, Leif Hetland, he's a minister of the gospel. He's from Norway originally, but okay. he now lives in Georgia. Okay. And he's known as the Apostle of Love. Yeah. 
This man has, through his ministry, seen over a million Muslims come to the Lord. And I'm wow. talking about from Middle East Muslims. Wow. That uh, He's been in the Middle East, and they've come to the Lord there in the Middle East while he's ministered there. And he's gone to places where he literally had to drive around with armed guards with the machine guns and all that ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? See, here's the thing, and I don't wanna, I'm not going to get off track with this, but that's the thing about ministry in other places in the world. People don't understand. They got it so good here in America Sweet. or in these places where it's all this freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff, but they don't understand that just because we're ministering the gospel doesn't mean we don't go somewhere and have protection around Facts. us. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Depending on where we are and what's happening, you got to be wise about where you're going. Now, too many times in the Western world, people talking this stuff where it sounds like they just going to get ran over by everybody. You know, people going to step on them or something because they call, they keep bringing up turn the other cheek and stuff like that where they're taking it out of context for one. And not understanding that you still need to do things with wisdom and understanding when you're going out and doing things for the Lord. So you just don't go out there just saying, oh, the Lord is going to protect me or whatever. You know, that's that sounds really good. But guess what? There are certain things physically and in the natural that we have to put in place as well on certain things that we're doing. But the point I'm making is this. He made a statement. I'm pretty sure it was him that made the statement about how um how god yeah he 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 made a statement about how um god was going to have people like like for instance like yourself who through the internet mm -hmm. they can get music into a country like iran or iraq yeah. that will then change the people on the inside of there yeah. because now they hear messages of of freedom and stuff like that yeah. but they're also hearing a sound which is I'm going to say it like this. For those that haven't caught on, hip-hop is the sound, the major sound that God is using to bring about revolution. Facts. And he's causing nations to change. He's causing generations to change. There's a lot of uh, unity being brought about through hip-hop. Facts. I'm talking about any ethnic group you can think of on the planet. They're coming together as one right. through that music. And the thing about it is, what's crazy is that the church fought it for so long, so long. not understanding what God was doing with it, and that spiritually speaking, this is going to be a tool that could be used. And that's been the problem with the church for too many years. They've rejected the thing that God was really going to use. Like right now, Kanye West, you know what I'm saying? I believe he has a true conversion. And I believe that God strategically pulled him out because of his influence. That's right. And then I just heard today, I heard a prophetic word about Justin Bieber. And I've been telling people, I believe Justin Bieber is going to be another yes. one. Because he's he's been saying things where he's been alluding to things of the Lord. And he'll post some stuff up or whatever, like on Instagram or That's whatever. Right. You know God is dealing with his heart. Yes, You bro. know what I'm saying? And I know a guy who used to mentor him. When he was a kid, wow. I know a guy who used to mentor him. And I was like, yo, that's what's up, man. So anyway, here's the point. That um, your music 
Now, what I would say is that pray that God will show you how to strategically get your music into places like that. Amen. That's a, that has been my prayer. Yeah. Lord, give me the wisdom. Show me what to do. Lead me down the right direction, Lord. I don't want to do this without you. I don't want to put myself in position to do anything that your hand is not on. That's the reason why you haven't yeah. seen me. Yeah. That's the reason why you haven't been hearing mm -hmm. me as much. Yeah. That's the reason why at the end of the day, it's not about what I want. Yeah. It's about what God needs me to do. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because oh, I feel you, thing, man. I could go out here and be, you know, the next whoever. Yeah. Like the one thing that I could say that I took from the whole Kanye situation, because I did a, a Facebook live about it. And what bothered me about the whole situation is something that you said also about the church not embracing it. We are so quick to judge when somebody has a conversion mm -hmm. versus why are we not putting ourselves in position to show them how to have a conversion in the first place? Exactly. Yeah. And so it, it it was all striking to me because I'm looking at all of these jokers on Facebook like, yo, don't believe it, don't fall for it, don't woo woo woo. When clearly, if you read your Bible, the Bible even even uh, 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 Jesus said, if the gospel was being preached. Do not mess with them people. Mm -hmm. Whether it be for personal gain or whatever the case may be, the gospel still got to get preached. So don't worry about the messenger. Worry mm -hmm. about the message itself. Because yeah. that's what we keep trying to do. We keep trying to kill the messenger. Mm -hmm. Like the messenger is the person is the end all be all of the gospel. Yep. No, he's just another vessel God is using in order to get the gospel out. And he's doing it in good fashion. Exactly. And so when I first heard the Kanye thing, you know, the situation about him dropping the gospel album, I was like, okay. I wasn't like super pumped about it or nothing like that. I was like, okay, that's what's up. I knew Kanye was a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus walks like 10 years ago. It ain't uh -huh. that new, but all right, what's up? Let's go check it out. So I yeah. checked it out. And again, I was like pleasantly surprised. Yes. Like, hey, this joint is pretty fire. And I had yeah. my reservations about certain things sonically. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, the message is there. Yes. The gospel is there. So and what he's are we been, talking he's about? He's been doing some stuff that I haven't heard of any other artist. Now, okay, first of all, and I, I'm just going to say this, not because I'm trying to, you know, boost myself or whatever, but remember... Back in when we first met and yeah. around the time when we started really building and I was like, yo, we about to go into the prisons. Yeah. yeah I said we, we going into the prisons, yo. Did. Yeah. Yo, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I haven't heard of I'm not saying there aren't other Christian hip hop artists that's done There's it, okay? Yeah, they but I'm just saying that that is the move that I wanna see more Christian hip hop artists doing. Because yeah. here's the thing, man, there's people in those prisons. They have nothing but time to listen to somebody. Right. And if and you will. can go in there and you can bring them something that's real like we did. Yeah. Like Kanye did. Yeah. Yo, when I saw Kanye in this prison and he just showed up, surprised them. Nobody even knew he was going to be there. He just came in there. Yo, and here's the thing. I don't even know if, um, see, because I know here in Baltimore City, you got to have a uh, minister's license, license or yeah. something like that to go in or whatever. I don't even know if that was the case at that prison, but the fact that they let him in there and he did what he did, yo, I was weeping when I saw it, man. Wow. I, I saw that and I, I knew it was real and I knew God was using him and all I could think of is like, this is what the church 
should have been doing. Yeah. And now it's almost like how the Jews are going to be provoked to jealousy by the church. Come on, now man. the so-called church people who are in the church, they're getting provoked to jealousy because of what Kanye is doing. Facts. And I'm like, yo, y'all don't need to be jealous. Do it. Do it. You were supposed to have been doing this. Thank Why you. you been taking so long? Bro, like, you know what? You know what's... So I just recently joined the church. Um, it's been a year now. Because I have been in another, you know the church that mm -hmm. we, we all used to go to. Uh -huh. I, I left that situation. Uh -huh. No bad blood or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Great church. Love it. Um, but I joined a new church because, the, you know, situation moving forward with my family. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Just needed a little bit more uh, structure and a little bit more, a uh, little bit less volume. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. But, um. Super down to earth, you know, guys from the hood running it, you know what I'm saying? Down like when I say down to earth, man, my swag all day. hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? DC dudes, whatever. But there's always gonna be areas where things are lacking. I don't care what mm -hmm. church you go to, I don't care how big the ministry is. Yeah. And the one thing that I can say about the majority of the churches in this area is that it's hard to embrace change. Mm -hmm. They don't Really, and I'm not speaking bad about the church. Don't hit me. No, no, no. I know. Church. Yeah. But there's a lack of understanding about when it comes to the opportunities that you possess. Mm -hmm. You're you're in position to bring greater to your own community, and a lot of times we miss those opportunities because we're looking at the individuals versus looking at the power of God that's coming through the mm -hmm. individual. Yeah. And you got to realize that person's testimony, all of the crap that that person went through to get to this point is what's going to bless and save more mm. people in the long run than you having a feed the homeless rally or, yeah. or if you have or you having a youth Sunday or whatever they can. You mm. know what I'm saying? Those things yeah. are great and they have their place. But at the end of the day, there has to be a consistent discipling of people. And you have all of these tools at your disposal. The music is just another tool. And another thing that bothers me about a lot of the churches is we we don't put it like this. T.D. Jakes come to your church. You roll the red carpet out. You making sure he got his money up front. He got 20000 off the whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They done paid this man at least a deposit up front. They don't do that with us. Mm -hmm. And I feel a way because, let's be honest, like, it takes time, money, and uh, tons of effort to go in the studio mm -hmm. to put this these songs out, to record, mix, master, and all of this stuff is not free. None yeah. of it's free. Yeah. And so what a lot of churches do is they, like you said, they expect you to come in there and they're saying, you know, God bless you and may the, may the presence of God be with you. But they don't give you nothing tangible to bless your family. Mm -hmm. And it's so like they expect you to be able to do what you do yeah. and to continue to go on and live your life without mm -hmm. them saying, hey, we want to sow back into you. Yeah. They just expect you to be this way. Yeah. I've been to churches, man, where they pride themselves on this kind of stuff. We don't pay our artists. Mm -hmm. They come through and they do this for us. What are you, what? Mm. How long is this going to last? And you notice that it lasts that long. Uh -huh. It's a short period of time. It's not about the money. Mm. You got to understand. No, I understand. People are living their lives, have to pay bills. When you talked about wisdom earlier, man, listen, that's, that's the business for an artist. Wisdom is everything. If you don't put a value on what you do, nobody else will do it for you. Mm -hmm. 
they're going to give you zero or negative. They'll take from you before they give you anything. Mm -hmm. And it's not, again, don't get me talking about, oh, I'm trying to get all this money. No, this is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. If you preaching the gospel in the word, the worker is worth his keep. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Period. So we got we to gotta start being real with ourselves as artists and as men of God and as people of God in general. We always want the Holy Ghost hookup, but we don't want to put our money where our mouth is. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because my pastor, I love my pastor, he's, he's always harping on giving. How are you sowing? How are you reaping? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's not one of those, oh, I'm trying to take your money passes. You know, mm -hmm. we got a $500 plate, a $1,000 offering. Yeah. He ain't that dude. Give whatever you can give. That's fine. But it goes back into being a cheerful giver. If you're giving of your talents, your abilities, you should love what you do. Mm -hmm. If you don't love what you do, do something else. Because in this industry, music, I don't care. Again, I don't care if you're a gospel artist or not. In this industry, if you don't love what you do, it's going to come through the music. It's going to come, it's going to show in every detail of that song, every lyric, every emotion or lack thereof. It's going to come through that music. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to sell nothing because nobody's going to be able to feel what you're saying. Yeah. Period. They're not going to hear you. They're going to turn it on and then turn it right back off. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. So. Yeah, man. I feel you. So, listen, bro. I know that we at the end of our uh, interview or whatever, but I want you to tell people how they can get in contact with you, how they could book you, follow you on social media, all that stuff. So again, it's it's too fly. I'm on Facebook. I'm too fly. Uh, Instagram two underscore fly. Um, same thing. Twitter two fly. Um, all is T O O P H L I Y man. All of those social media platforms. Okay. My music is on Spotify. Every pretty much music outlet is out there. My music is there. You know. Um, how do they um, book you? Uh, through Facebook. You can book okay. me through Facebook or you can uh, email me at lewistaiwan at gmail.com. Um, but I prefer you go through my, my yeah, Facebook because okay. that email crazy, man. That email, yeah, I got I like 12,000 emails. I, I know, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. So, I know, right? I mean, just being honest, man, just hit me on Facebook, man, or, or Instagram. You know, hit okay. me on either one of those platforms. You can definitely get me. Well, yo, man, I, I just want to tell you once again, man, I appreciate you being on the uh, podcast. Absolutely, man. You know, it's been a long time coming, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, man. But uh, I'm glad, you know, it's almost interesting to think about, like, where you were, let's say, seven years ago. Yeah. Or eight years ago when we did that interview. And um, now seeing you, it's like a different, I feel the difference and I can tell the difference. <laughs> It's almost like there's this, there's this, uh, it's a calm, a calm over you or a maturity or whatever that's there that wasn't there at that time. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and of course I, you and I have had a lot of personal conversations about stuff and mm -hmm. even knowing those things, that shows me how you change, you know what I'm saying? Amen. Over the years, you know? So um, it's just good to see, you know, where you are right now with it. Yeah, and right. you know what, man? It's kind of interesting how when you're talking about being quiet and how you've been quiet because you're waiting for the right timing and everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it's ironic that you said it that way because for me, specifically with the event that I used to do, I kind of felt like when I started looking around, because I literally have been, I, I was kind of like, I guess you could say surveying the, the yeah, artists yeah. and all the stuff in the yeah. area and, and just thinking about the atmosphere we're in right now. 
trying to figure out how would it look if I did it again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, do it, bro. And um, do it. So, but at the same time, it's like I had this time not doing it because it was like God was retooling me and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like even when it came down to certain things I've heard that artists have not done or they are doing or whatever, like, I've, you know, there were some go-to people who I used to have, they moved. Mm -hmm. You know, some people mm -hmm. stopped doing music. Yeah. And probably for the very reason, like, some of the things you were bringing up today or whatever the case may be. And to my, you know, my thinking, when I looked at certain people and what was going on and whatnot, I was like, man... It's gonna be so different if I do it again. It's gonna be so yeah. different, but in a good way. But it's also that thing where I'm like, it's gonna have. I'm gonna have to. It's gonna be on another level of even who I'm calling upon or how I'm calling upon them or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people that might have been, you know, doing things back then, they're not gonna be doing that anymore. Nah, and and it's for various reasons. But the point is, is that. Um, I know that, like, I see bigger and better. When it, when I do it again, it's going to be so big. Like, I'm talking about, like, I've been telling, I think I told you this a long time ago, how I was seeing being in stadiums yeah. and stuff like that, yeah, right? Bro. So I'm seeing big events, yeah. like, really huge events. So that's why I'm just, like, I'm so thankful for all the artists that I do know. And I know one day, because certain people, how they know me and how we built relationships and all that, when it comes to that time when I say, yo, it's time to do something big. Yeah? You need to holler at Motley, bro. You need to holler at K-Mot. Oh, yeah. You need to holler at K-Mot, because I think the three of us, or the four of us, true included, um, that's the vision, bro. Like, mm. true story. Like, that's the vision. Mm. Like, we've all had that same vision of doing stadiums and doing um, huge mega events and it just be us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm saying us as in like just the four of us yeah, but like yeah. our culture, our our version of hip hop, our music, our people and taking it to another level where it's though it, it hasn't been seen before because there's an area of Christian hip hop that you tapped on it so heavy today and it makes so much, it, when, when you said it to me, it took me back to something that my wife said to me a long time ago. She said, Ty, maybe you need to slow it down. And what I took from that was most of the time when I do slower music, it is worship. Mm -hmm. when, I'm, when I'm speeding it up, it's, you know, it's, it, it's not necessarily for the, for the dance, but it's for the effect of catching the ear. Mm -hmm. And then you hit them with the message towards the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's structure. But when you talk about worship, mm -hmm. the worship within hip hop, that's what's coming from Two Fly this time. Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's coming. There's only a few artists that I know that's doing that in hip hop. Yeah. There's only a few. I've heard, and I'm not going to name, I don't know all the names, but the few that I know of right now are definitely you. There's um, the the brother I told you that um, mentored Justin Bieber. His name is Brandon. Mm -hmm. He goes by Brandon, A.K.A. B. Um, but yo, he's one of them kind of dudes. He got this song called Throne Room. I'm gonna let you hear it after we done. There's another, um, and then Bizzle. Yeah. He did um, like We Will Bless His Name and stuff like yeah, that. You know what I mean? Man, bro. So I've seen it. I've seen it with a few Christian rappers. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I believe it's going to come out more as more people start to really push in. Because, you know, one of the things that I was concerned about, and I know that's almost like I'm continuing the interview, but one of the things I was concerned about for a while was the fact that certain Christian rappers, they didn't have enough substance within them to right. really be out there yet. And that was bothering me. I'm like, yo, just because you can rap don't mean you need to be rapping right, right now. now. No. Sit your behind down, learn the word, understand what this is about, get grounded and rooted in the word, then come out and start rhyming. That's because now it's some people you may or may not have heard of, but like there's this one rapper came out said he was gay. And he was supposed to be a Christian rapper. Then all of a sudden, because people, I guess, said something to him about that or whatever, then he starts cussing people out on social media, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, you your character is really coming. I know, yeah, right? Like, like, your character is really coming out now. And so my point is, though, it's people like that that prove my point. You shouldn't have even been out here doing all that no, stuff. Not at you know all. what I'm saying? And, and the point is, is that, and I've even listened to some people, the, the lyrics that they're saying, you can tell there's no depth to it. Yeah. You can tell they don't really know the word. Yeah. You can tell they don't have the right kind of doctrine in them yet. Yeah. And that's like, oh my God, can you Bro. just shut up, man? You're not even ready. Just sit down. You know let me, what I'm saying? Let me, let me piggyback on that for two seconds because you have no idea how much of a pet peeve of, of that. Like, that is of mine because as a person that went through that process once mm -hmm. before, upon a time, that two year span of me not doing any music at all to in calling myself trying to be a businessman yet, uh -huh. but God sat me down during that time, mm -hmm. and I didn't start back up doing music till two thousand nine. We talking two thousand seven to two thousand nine. I did mm -hmm. that first hip Christian hip hop song uh -huh. that I wrote ever in two thousand seven. Mm -hmm. I didn't start actually doing Christian hip hop until two years later. Mm -hmm. Imagine going through that two-year process of trying to find who I am. Mm. I cut my hair off only to grow it back again and start doing hip-hop. What kind of crazy person does that? Yeah. But that was God pruning and pulling away so much stuff. That's part of my... Like, I tell that testimony so much now, bro. Like, God had to drag mm. a lot of that hatred and anger and frustration and fear out of me, bro. Mm. When you first met me, I was so scared to get up there. Mm. But the crazy part was, I had been on stage my entire life up mm -hmm. until that point. Yeah. But never doing it for God. For the Lord, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a different ball game when you're talking about, because he's, he, pastors, preachers of the word, teachers, you know, we get judged more harshly yeah. than anybody else from God. Mm -hmm. But also, you got to take consideration that the judgment that comes from man is even worse than what God would do. Because yeah. here's the thing they'll try to kill us. Yeah. They will try to literally take your head. Yeah. And not only that, you're going to get. You become a pariah if you make a mistake. Yeah. You fall short in any kind of way. They won't throw you, like, rake you over the coals. Yeah. Oh, you supposed to be a man of God. You supposed to da 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 da. So at the end of the day, go through the process first. Learn who you are. Learn what God wants you to do. Learn God. Yeah. Learn the word. Get in the word. Don't take it lightly. Take it for what it is. Like, this is something that's going to benefit and help my life. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when then when you feel like, okay, God is calling me to do what I'm supposed to do, then jump out there. Because if you just jump out there headlong and you ain't grounded, you ain't rooted in nothing, they're going to feed you to the sharks and yeah. you ain't going to know how to swim. Mm -hmm. You're going to drown fast. Yeah. Trust okay. me. I see. I see. As somebody that's meant like, okay, so 
I've mentored several artists, took them under the wing and put them in the studio, not even on my label. Yeah. And just just to show them the direction that they need to be going in, yeah. if they're really serious about doing this, a lot of them jokers fell off. A lot of them fell off. And here's the reason why. Is because they wanted to play both sides. They wanted yeah. to kind of still be in the street a little bit. They wanted to be Christian a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, they wanted to, you know, still have a girlfriend, be on baby moms uh-huh. and all that stuff kind of time, yeah. still be smashing, doing all yeah. that. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. God is not going to get no glory out of that. Yeah. It's either you're going to be upfront and honest like I'm struggling. It's okay to struggle. Yeah. I heard I was listening to Erica Campbell or somebody on the radio the other day. They was like, you're going to go through struggles. It's okay to struggle, but admit when you're wrong. Admit when you're going through something. It's okay. Yeah. If you're going through something, don't sit there and act like it's, it's fine. Especially if you know you're living in sin. Like, yeah. that was my problem. I'm being totally transparent that was my problem for the longest time uh-huh. because black people don't know me and my wife wasn't married forever yeah okay like we were shocking yeah. for a long time before we got married yeah okay and i had a son during that time and then i got saved mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying yeah. and then even still after i got saved we still were shocking it got mm-hmm. to the point where i had to practice abstinence for a whole month before i got married just to get my soul right yeah to get prepared for marriage mm-hmm. okay you go. You gonna go through so much stuff. You never gonna be perfect. But at the end of the day, if the more that you surrender yourself to God, the more that you allow God to be God in your life, the more that you will see the benefits of being God's son. No doubt. Yo, man, we said a lot. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you for just joining us in this conversation between me and my brother, uh, Two Fly. But thank you for also supporting us. Um, uh, once again, you know where we are. Follow us on Instagram if you're not already. If you're on Apple, iTunes, or whatever, give us a five-star rating on there. That helps us to get more visibility. And whether you realize it or not, I've been I've looked at a few you know podcasts on the Christian side of things, and I found that a lot of them don't have either any or they have like two uh, ratings, wow. and it's like. Dang, I mean, does anybody want to support them even in a click of a button? I mean, come on, man. Like, it doesn't make any sense, you know. So I'm asking you all, you know, to please, if you're on iTunes, even if you just get the account just to give us a, a five-star rating, we would greatly appreciate that, you know. That will help us to become more visible on iTunes, and then, you know, we're putting out quality stuff, so it'll help more people to learn about it, you know, and to be exposed to the quality interviews and the things that we're talking about. So once again, thank you for listening to New Numa Godcast. You know, um, we appreciate everybody out there. Um, Matter of fact, before we go, let's pray real quick. Anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you're not born again, if you have not given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, today is the day. He said, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. So today, you've heard the gospel. You've heard the voice of the Lord. Today is the day to give your life to Jesus. He's waiting for you. He wants a relationship with you. It's that simple. So just ask him into your heart right now and ask him, Jesus, come into my heart change me become my lord and my savior rearrange my life i want to serve you i want to have a relationship with you 
I want to be your son. And right now, as you have prayed that prayer, if you really believe that and you confess that he is Lord, then you are born again. And the Lord will then come into your life and he will change you. So for those that have done that, please reach out to us and let us know about what God has done in your life. Thanks again for listening. Peace. What's good, fam? It's your man, Norm, here. Are you following us on social media yet? If not, you may find us on all of the major social platforms such as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even LinkedIn. Find us at New Numa. That's P-N-E-U-P-N-E-U-M-A. From there, you may find myself and Justin and follow our personal accounts also. As you know, feedback helps everyone grow and we need your feedback. If you want to join our team, have suggestions on how we may improve, if you want to be interviewed by us, or if you have someone you would like for us to interview, please email us at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, if you would like to see our podcast grow to that next level, you may also give financially to the cause whenever you feel like it by going to our anchor.fm page, clicking on the button that says support this podcast. We will greatly appreciate you sowing into the vision to help us spread the good news about the truth of God's kingdom worldwide. Thanks for your support and keep it locked right here.